You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? Clean sheet, I call it, is, uh, is one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see the whole fans booing you. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, and he has to. No. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin. Will he score? It's the World Cup specials. Exciting times. Oh, I'm my Chris word. Gold. Joining me as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And here wearing a One Love captain's armband as a bandana... It's Michael Marden. Hello. How are we? So this is the morning of England v Iran. The morning after the day before, I should, I suppose we could discuss briefly the electric first game. I loved it. You, you both missed it though, right? I, yeah. I, I was, yeah, I had my kids in the park. <laughs> I made the decision that that wasn't going to be one of the ones I pushed to use a free pass away from work or childcare to get to. Yeah, wise decision. I've watched every second of the, every moment of the coverage. It was brilliant. The, the things that stuck out for me, Qatar's keeper was the worst I've ever seen at a World Cup. Really? Like, he, like it was pretty close to, to this guy has never played in goal before. <laughs> so how does that happen? Do you know what I... I watched a, a Gary Neville documentary about Qatar, but there was a bit where he went to the Aspire Academy, which is where Qatar have spent 12 years training up these players. And he was like, and the man in charge of the Aspire Academy is Tim Cahill. <laughs> 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 you were like, what? How does that happen? Like, Tim Cahill. 
how far down the list? Yeah, how is far? Because you were like, this should be someone that used to work at Ajax or yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, a sort of someone who's built a club infrastructure from the ground. But this guy, you don't know him, but he's the guy that brought through yeah, exactly. Busquets, Xavi, yeah, Iniesta. Yeah. No, Tim K. The guy that's really good at heading is heading up <laughs> our youth development. But do you know what kind of blew my mind is they've spent two hundred billion is the rumored cost US dollars on this to host this tournament, and then when it kicked off, yeah, shit, we don't have a goalkeeper. <laughs> like that's kind of why it felt like the whole thing. Like having invested all this, it's like oh, that we're rubbish. Tim, Tim all we've Tim, done, what have you been up to? <laughs> all they've done essentially is put a massive spotlight on how bad they are yeah. as a football team. Yeah. But I don't think that their whole point was to promote themselves as a good football team. <laughs> 12, 12 years and £20 billion. You could come up with a half-decent team, couldn't you? You'd probably spend a bit of time just working with genealogists to go... Well, a lot of them are from outside yeah, of I think Qatar. 10, 10 of the 11, I think I might be right in saying, weren't born in Qatar. Yeah, but I think it is a... Well, I'm, I'm plagiarising this viewpoint. I suppose all viewpoints are plagiarised to a point. I heard someone else make the point... Uh, that it is a part of the world where people move around a lot. No one's got their roots in Qatar for the last hundred years. It's not right. like, yeah. So, How about this for an idea? Future World Cups, when they expand it. If the host nation is rubbish, maybe just as a choice regardless, the host nation gets to cherry pick players <laughs> from other countries that aren't at the World yeah, Cup. And be- they, they can choose whether they want to come or not. So Harlan's like... But the, is he then Qatari for the rest of his no, life? No, just for that one tournament. Right, yeah. And, you know, they can there can be some kind of a fee arrangement if they like, or they can just play for the privilege of playing for, like, the host nation of the yeah. World Cup. I would rather that than a nation like Qatar and compete, and I use the term very loosely, in this World Cup. I, I would rather see the players that aren't there. An all-star lineup. An all-star, yeah. This, this is the Harlem Globetrotters. But would they be called... Did you say the Harland Globetrotters? Yeah, yeah. They'd, they'd be, in this instance, they'd be the Qatari All-Stars. Right, yeah. I don't know, yeah. I mean, I'd be up for that if it wasn't Qatar who I want to lose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say every country who hosts the World Cup has to be, their whole infrastructure has to be managed by Tim Cahill for the four <laughs> years beforehand. <laughs> Cahill gets brought in. So as soon as this finishes, Cahill flies out to the USA. Starts preparations. Starts preparations. Now, now Tim, we're going to give you Casey Keller's phone number. (laughs) What did Tim Cahill do on his first day? When you're brought in, you're like, Okay. I think he counted the money. Well, this, yeah. is, this is the thing, I think, about Qatar, is that you're obviously limited by the people that are there. So all this really infrastructure... Not. You've got Tim Cahill. Yeah, signing Tim Cahill, like, you can, you've, you've basically got... You're going to serve up a shit sandwich, whatever, you know. Yeah. It's ready, steady, cook, and you've got some bread and some shit. And it doesn't really matter how much money you throw <laughs> at that. How are the Tim Cahill's there or not? Yeah, yeah, Tim Cahill can only serve up one dish. Package it up all you want. Crock, shit, sure. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It's the same ingredients. Now, it's England v Iran today. We should say that we've got our favourite uh, guests to record us voice memos of how they think England will do. And in one case, how Wales will do. We'll put that in there. So uh, you'll work out who that is. These were all recorded in the last day or two. This is how the Quickly Kevin family is feeling ahead of England starting the 2022 World Cup. In my gut, it's a quarterfinal, isn't it? It's one of those tournaments where we know... 
deep down, we've got problems, and we're going to get carried away, we'll get excited, and then just as you start to believe, you come up against a half-decent team and you're out. Guard against the hope in this one, I think. That's what my gut says. Oh. Hello, it's Charlie Baker. Um, how do I feel in my gut England will do? I think we'll do very badly. In my gut, I think we will not get out of the group, if I'm honest. I think the other three teams will want to absolutely hammer us and will turn up. It's all cup finals. So I think that England will... Um, I think we'll make the semis, actually. But then I also think we will lose on penalties. That is generally what I think. I think we'll make the semis, lose on penalties, and then just, you know, get on with our lives. In my gut, I think that Wales will get to the last 16. I'm not sure we've got enough to get to the quarterfinals. But for some reason, I think we'll get out of the group. Hi, uh, Josh and uh, Chris and Michael and everyone. It's Max Rushton here, the former voice of Gaviscon. Um, so my answers are, my gut feeling about England, I'm slightly torn because of how tainted this World Cup is. And I don't think I mind that much but probably the quarterfinals. Tom Gibbs here, senior sports writer for the Daily Telegraph. I grew up watching Football Italia, seeing James Richardson in all those lovely piazzas across Italy, thinking the life of football journalism looked pretty glamorous. Here I am recording this under a duvet cover in a Doha hotel room. no Gazetta, unfortunately, uh, but trying to figure out Wi-Fi instructions in Arabic is just as fun. So to your questions, gut feeling about England this tournament, I think they're going to win it. It is it is based on gut, and my gut has been wrong before. I thought we were going to win the 2010 World Cup largely because we had a very nice kit. But I think this time there's just something very Southgatean about it. I think he can progress, take us one better, uh, but I won't be surprised if my gut is very wrong. I'd say a mix of... I'd say it's like a... I suppose it really is a reflection of the personalities of the people, isn't it? (laughs) We've talked enough about how we think England will do. You're listening to this now, and England's result has already happened, so I think we should just throw to it. Is that the best way of doing it? Let's go. Yeah, okay. So this, I hope, is not England losing to Iran. So here we are, Michael's late. Let's not forget that uh, Michael was late and missed the Luke Shaw goal at the last England game we watched (laughs) together. Very different mood for this game to the last England game we watched together. I know. Um, How excited are you out of 10? Or just how excited are you? Uh, I'd say I'm pretty much 9 or 10. The weird thing is, obviously, it's Monday 1pm. It's really cold outside. It's like 5 degrees outside. You just... We just discovered that Tom Crane has gone to the pub. You couldn't believe it that someone would want to be in a pub at this time on a Monday lunchtime in winter watching yeah. an England game. I, um, I'm in my slippers. <laughs> like, if I think of how nervous I was ahead of the opening game of tournaments that I wasn't that excited about, 2018, I was incredibly nervous when we beat Tunisia. 2016, I was incredibly nervous when we drew with Russia. Today, my days had been leading to that moment. Today, I've been tidying the house. I've <laughs> fitting this in, really. But I just watched a montage of Gareth Southgate's time as England manager and it's got me going a bit. <laughs> we were just saying that just 
kind of cut to a piece of footage at Gareth Southgate's first England press conference. And I don't, we like expectations and the way we thought about England back then. Like, I don't even remember that happening. I don't remember his announcement. I feel I became conscious that he was manager probably four games into his reign. Exactly. That's the change of culture. He's made you care about England again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see how it goes this afternoon. Can I, ask, can I ask you a question before, before yeah. we end this little bit? How are you feeling about England's chances now? I know all the pundits are quite pessimistic. I think the Sky pundits are saying nowhere further than the quarterfinals. I think the BBC pundits said the same. I don't think, I can't think anyone, no one's saying we're going to get to the semis again. Where's your head at? I think we'll be fine. I, actually, the more I watch it, I'm like looking at the squad. That's a good first team from the midfield onwards. Um, I don't, Benzema's got injured as well. So if we play France in the quarterfinal, I'm already... When Benzema was injured, everyone's like, it's a shame. I was like, fucking get in. Here we go. Just got a text from Michael to say that he'll be here at ten past one because of an Uber, Uber disaster. But it, I'd say it sums up the feelings of the nation. The image of the Manchester fan park that Gary Lineker showed at half one was... Half twelve was very depressing. What's funny about that is whenever, like, BBC cut to a crowd scene... They usually they wave like we're on telly. Yeah. No one even batted an eyelid. No. They couldn't even. They were just like, oh yeah, it's us on the big screen. Underwhelming. Nations League vibes at the moment. <laughs> We've had the ball for the whole of the first two minutes. We've got hundred percent possession stats, apart from them touching it for a corner. This isn't. This is the best we've ever played at the start of any World Cup. Best two minutes of any World Cup campaign yet. <laughs> corner to England. I, I'd play this back because I don't want to ruin the possession stat. <laughs> I don't, want, don't get in the box. Because if their goalie gets it, that's an absolute killer. We must be on 97% at this stage. This would be great if Maguire gets on the end of this. Here we go. Oh, oh penalty. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. VAR going to look at this. V- VAR, I've got to call that. That's a, pe- that's a penalty. Yeah. No? Oh. What, they just played oh, up? God. Unbelievable. But we're currently in the uh, nine-minute wait for the goalie to <laughs> decide whether he should stay on. I don't know what's going on. Oh, his, nose, his nose is bro- is pointing at yeah. like five degrees. Yeah, I know. He looks like Steve Barnes. How oh, I imagine Steve Barnes looks. He's staying on. He swapped shirts. There's a sub goal. I've never seen such a kind of... Oh, my word. Oh, my God. Just wait. Just come back for the next group game, mate. How much oh do you want to play? Oh, my word. Um, he's staying on. And albeit for me to say, England need to take a shot as soon <laughs> as they possibly can. Laid off to Sterling. Shaw. And it's in from Bellingham. His first international goal. 1-0, Jude Bellingham. I turned to Skull half an hour before the match when Jude Bellingham was being injured. Uh, interviewed, <laughs> and um, the interviewer said to him, you don't score many goals for England, and I said to Skull, what a shit question. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's factually incorrect. We're going to win the World Cup. Yeah, I think we might. This been, um, we're playing all right, I think. We're playing really well. How are you feeling, Michael? Uh, it's a weird sensation. Um, it doesn't feel, it feels like a pre-season friendly. That felt like it didn't really happen. <laughs> I, I, I'm not convinced we're going to win the World Cup yet. In from Shaw, he's looking for Maguire. He gets it down to Saka! Another young lion roars at the World Cup. 
We've just scored our second goal. I don't want to complain about how there's complaints. I'm not saying that we're, this is... I mean, this is a great performance so far, but we should also add that Skull didn't even stop eating his pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just carried on. Quite oily. <laughs> Looking for Sterling. One, two, three, and easy for England. They're rolling in now. This is incredible. What a World Cup. 3 0 up. Oh, there's a. The ambassador of Qatar's enjoyed it. David Beckham. Look at these scenes. Look at Declan Rice with 3 0 up. <laughs> oh, wow. That was an incredible goal. Wonderful boot out from Bigford. Can, can I just mention something that the commentator said? That Iran tuned up for this fixture by playing Tunisia in a behind-closed-door friendly where they employed the tactics of everyone getting back and just being solid. They lost that 2-0. <laughs> like, like, tuning up against weaker opposition by just trying to defend for 90 minutes. Yeah. That just sounds like sounds insane. What do you do at half-time when you've sat back and you're 3-0 down? <laughs> Oh, see, this is where we risk. This is where we're three 0 up. Let's risk that armband. Risk the rainbow <laughs> armband. There we go. Half time. Absolutely incredible. I don't. You well, you said Chris. You think it's the best you've ever seen us play in a first game. I can't. Really, just thinking about opening games, they've all been quite dry, tense affairs. And this one, we've just turned up and have blown everyone away. And in particular, Jude Bellingham. Just saying, I think he's my favourite England player ever lived. He's a. <laughs> He's, um, he's, he's massive as well. He's really tall. And, like, this isn't the first time I've seen him play, but what's happened to him? What have they done to him in Germany? It might be the first time I've seen him play properly. Do you know what I mean? When I actually think about it, like, I don't know how often I've seen him play. And it's, it's thrilling. It's like an old World Cup where you're suddenly introduced to a player, but somehow that player plays for England. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that he's doing that is amazing is, like, skill... For a, like a, a really tall, you very he's just rarely. Scored a, he's scored a header that Andy Carroll yeah. would have scored, and he's been he's been piling in plenty of like Gazares skill in here too. Tall central midfielders isn't really a big thing, is it? Like, I suppose Fellaini, he's better than Fellaini. I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, it's all looking great. It's going to drift now, isn't it? A load of changes, a load of drift. Uh, is it feeling like a World Cup yet? Yeah, a bit more. No, not not for me yet. And I think we touched on it while we were watching the game. Is that England never play this early in a tournament. So I, yeah. I feel like maybe it's going to work in our favour for the England team. But as a fan, I haven't bought into the World Cup yet. And yeah. I think partly I haven't had a chance to get like nervous, excited, hopeful, doubtful. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, this is, this is happening. Oh, shit, we're 3-0 up. We're classic Group F fodder, aren't we? It's weird to be almost kicking off the tournament. Yeah, we are. We're the first good team, actually, aren't we, who's played? Sorry, Ecuador. Um... <laughs> I think we're not just the first good team, but we'll be the best team that's played in the first round of games. No one's going to play as well as this. Well, let's see. Saka keeps on going himself. Oh, why wouldn't he? Having the time of his life. 4-0. Oh, come on. I mean, this is our World Cup all over. I mean, of the many people we've said could be Gascoigne of this tournament, obviously Bellingham's been incredible. Saka, though, I'm very excited about Saka. But look at Sterling here. We've got so many chances in the second half. It doesn't feel like one of those games that's going to end 3-0. I think. I thought we were going to be more boring in the second half. Oh, that that thing where you run across, that's like a goal you score in an old-style computer game where you realise if you run across the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, Michael? Yeah, very happy. I think, I mean, obviously it's only Iran, but 
we're 4-0 up in the first group game of the World Cup. That's unprecedented. We just look really fucking good. It does. I'll tell you what we look. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, Michael's had this theory. I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but English players should be peaking around Christmas because there's so many games. Yeah. And actually, you know, we're probably the best prepared in the world for this kind of tournament. Wow, here we go, yeah. Do you know what I've just realised? We're going to win the World Cup. It's Christmas. I'm used to it. This is going to be fantastic. This next month is going to be amazing. And this is Rashford's first touch. There's the second. There's the next. Marcus Rashford's first goal at a major tournament. 5-1. 5-1. Iran's worst ever World Cup defeat. <laughs> That's a hell of a claim as well. <laughs> First touch from Rashford. Oh, Look at that. There's a handball in there. No, there's no handball there. There isn't, is there? No. That's fine. Do you know what? We're getting revenge. All... Oh, lovely. Who... Rashford and Saka obviously missed the penalties in the final. Who was the third person that missed the penalty? Oh, it was Sancho, so he can't. They've both laid those ghosts to rest oh. now. Look at that. Great finish. Oh, my word. This is incredible. This is exactly what my winter needed. <laughs> Here's Callum Wilson, and Hosseini has started to retreat. Wilson in on goal, playing in Grealish! England have six in a game for a second World Cup in a row. 6-1. Oh, my word. It's great to see Grealish on the score sheet. Oh, my God. Look at that. What a goal. Oh, and it was onside. That was one of those ones where I didn't celebrate because I presumed yeah. it was offside. <laughs> Same. I didn't Same. want to look like an idiot in front of the Iranian end. <laughs> this is some great football we're playing. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a fluky. It's not a fluky. When we've got 70% possession. When he cut that back, I thought he's made a real error there. And there was Jack Grealish. And Wilson assist. Well oh, Yeah. He'll always have that. <laughs> He'll always have that. Are we going to win the World Cup, Michael? Do you know what? I'm going to say it. No. <laughs> there we go. 6-2. Pretty good. A great start. Easily our best ever start to a World Cup, to my mind. How are we both feeling after that? Uh, I, good. It's hard not to feel good after a 6-2 victory in the World Cup, regardless yeah. of the opposition. I, I mean, we touched on it during our coverage. It still doesn't feel... I feel like I've just come around your house... And we've watched like a Nations League game. Though. Yeah. And it was yeah. great. I haven't watched enough. Well, there hasn't been enough World Cup for it to feel like a World Cup yet. Yeah. I think by the time the game with the USA comes around on Friday, I think there's going to be a real step up in terms of excitement, enthusiasm and, and I think hope. this will change the whole country's view of England in this tournament now. I think this is exactly what we needed. It's created some issues in that I'm now thinking about how I'm going to watch a tournament in wintertime. But we will come to that. Chris? I thought it was just a fantastic performance. The thing that's kind of like annoying me a little bit, and this is such a kind of what if, but it really annoyed me considering that penalty in the last minute. I can't for believe how much it affected slight, me emotionally. Yeah, 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 has, that, yeah. For me, it's really taken the shine off a little bit. Like <laughs> way <disrepo> massively <laughs> disproportionately. I think in one hand, because it's like, oh, well, we have conceded two just then to Iran. That's not fantastic. No. Also... If that was a tight game and we conceded a penalty like that and it was important, I would be absolutely livid. But what's really annoying me is how could they ignore the Harry Maguire one in the first half where he was wrestled to the ground? I think that is why this podcast is 
far more a reflection of the England fan experience <laughs> yeah. than other football podcasts that we won't name that would be giving a more balanced view. <laughs> yeah. They would not no one's be, mentioned they being would not annoyed be about... offering their first piece of analysis to be that they were annoyed yeah. at the second consolation goal and that's taken the shine off the game. Yeah, really marinating in the disappointment <laughs> of a pointless goal. Yeah, that, <laughs> that means nothing, nothing to means anyone. nothing to anyone. Yeah. It bothered me. At the end, because they didn't even get to kick off, which is always weird, when they don't restart. I think you've got to re... I, was, I thought the ruling was it had... I, I think that he might have played one pass backwards. Uh, but uh, what, what annoyed me most is you couldn't hear the whistle. It's very yeah. unsatisfying yeah. Like, when you yeah. can't hear the final... When, you, when your first knowledge the game has ended is the player's just sulking off a bit. Yeah. Right. yeah. It was like watching it in a pub when the sound's down and yeah. you're trying to work out what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's And then Gareth Southgate went to shake the guy's hand, the Iranian bench's hand, and I thought that he was as pissed off as we were about the penalty, but I think he was just trying to be humble because he just thrashed them (laughs) 6-2. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So, uh, uh, and Jude Bellingham just said that Gareth Southgate's first words in the dressing room was, enjoy, just enjoy the result. Enjoy the results. Should be angry about that penalty at the end. <laughs> <laughs> if I was thinking John, manager, that's... <laughs> what the fuck were you doing with your arm up at that free kick? Come on! So, who was your favourite England player? Jude Bellingham for me. I know we've talked about him throughout the match, but it's like a new player. We were saying it's a bit like um, Owen Hargreaves when he came into the squad. You've got this player who's suddenly an unknown quantity. Obviously, we've heard all the rumours about how, how good he is and how many teams want him, but... My word, he's so tall, he's so rangy, he's so good, he's he's brilliant. He could be the yep. star of the tournament. Oh, yeah. And Saka. Oh, Saka. I loved Saka. I'd forgotten how much I loved this team. Yeah. 
it's like when you see a band, they come back and you've forgotten about them and you're like, fucking hell, I love this band. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how good this band are. When you, you know, when you rediscover an old album, yeah. you're like, this is brilliant. No Gallagher at Glastonbury when he started no, playing not a few like No, exactly. Not like that at all. No, not like that at all. No? Absolutely not like that at all. There was nothing <laughs> plodding or pedestrian about this. <laughs> England team. <laughs> this England team was fresh, full of new angles, full of youthful excitement. It was the absolute opposite of Noel Gallagher at Glastonbury. <laughs> this, this was the antithesis it was of what wet, Noel it Gallagher was wet leg, It was wet leg at Glastonbury. Like, oh yeah, yeah, these are good. These are good. <laughs> oh man, I love so many of the players. Yeah. They're all such a bunch of good guys. You forget that. It's kind of like going to uni and then going, having a proper job for about a year and then all hooking back up again. And you're oh, like, oh, yeah. this, oh yeah, this is brilliant. Yes, this is it. Yeah. This is what it's about. Oh, God. Oh, man. Do, do you want to talk about some of the great observations yeah, we so, made between So we made us. a lot of observations during the game. And I'd say, listen to this and then decide whether you think the Quickly Kevin podcast is... Playing a unique furrow during the Euros. <laughs> so the, the first observation you made is a theory around the kit. Yes. Which I don't believe that we're wearing the right kit to go far in the tournament. Okay. You're thinking. Explain. The blue on the shoulders. Yeah. The pattern on the shoulders. It's got the look of a bad, t- a bad England team. <laughs> and then I thought, I said without researching it, I don't think we've ever reached the semi-final with a colourful pattern on our kit. Yeah. Yeah? So I looked at it. 1966, we didn't. Just all pure... So you think a kit should be pure white in it order for trim, us to... It can have trim. Yeah. But it can't have... It can't a, have coloured Big pattern. splashes of colour. 2016 is a good example. The, the light blue sleeves. Out to Iceland. Case in point. <laughs> 1966. Plain as you like. Yeah? Yeah. 1982. Good example. Very colourful yeah. kit. Not a good tournament. 1986, quite a good tournament. Quite a bland kit. 1990, bland one-colour kit with trim. 1996. Oh, hang one, on. 94 didn't qualify. Little didn't England qualify. badge on the collar. Like, yeah, yeah. But the, let's just take the semi-finals. 90, 96, no, 1966, 2018, 2021. All playing kits. There you go. There you go. Thoughts, Thoughts, Michael? Well, I really love the kit because it reminds me of that training kit that was, was it the last World Cup or the last Euro? So it was very similar, but it wasn't the sort of blue. It had the kind of full England colours with the red on the shoulders. Mm. And I thought it was much nicer than both the home and the away kits. So I'm happy to see this rolled out as the main kit. What I will say is this kind of Southgate era is about laying to rest the ghosts (laughs) of the past. (laughs) And everything that he's done, I think... Yeah, the kit's next. <laughs> Shake off the voodoo of the colour on the kit. This is the kit. That splash of colour is what the England team, is what the nation needed to get yeah. to the final and perhaps even win the World oh, Cup. Oh, my word. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you're right. Okay, have you got any thoughts on that? Hello at yeah. Let The next thing I want to talk about is the, the observation that Iran are the only team at this World Cup to have brought four goalkeepers saw, in the squad. Did you get the second thing? What? They've only got 25 in their squad. They haven't bought the full 26. 25, four of which are goalkeepers. <laughs> what, what is... What I don't have understand. they not got enough players? Surely Carlos there's got to be someone worth manager. bringing. Yeah. Someone who's just good for the band. Yeah, exactly. 
You've got right. a spare seat on the plane there. You're just what not going to put any, bring anyone along. What is that decision? There must be literally no one else who's any good. <laughs> what I will say is their goalkeeper got injured and perhaps will miss most of the World Cup in the first game. So maybe Quiroz knows more than we do. Oh, yeah, yeah, but even if he get, loses one goalie a game, <laughs> he's, st- <laughs> he's still going to be fine. So what you're saying is you don't think they'll get out of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being the fourth choice goalie and just missing out. The first three get injured. You play the last bit of the third group game and that's it. Well, we've often said, we think we've said on the podcast before, like, I think one of the requisites of being a third choice goalkeeper is you've got to have a lot of banter. Yeah. And it's why players like Scott Carson are probably still at City. I think he even was last season. Like, do you think that Iran have just got the highest quality of banter in goalkeepers <laughs> in the world? And they're like, we need as many of these guys on here. For morale purposes. I wonder also if the Iranian goalkeepers know their order. Like, do the third yeah. and fourth goalie <laughs> yeah. know, know how it sits? Yeah. Or are they really trying to turn it on in training? Yeah. Is the, is the guy who came on the second choice, is he, is it clear in, is he clear in his mind that yeah. he's second choice? Maybe, yeah. maybe they're like mistresses and... The but, first goalkeeper is, is the wife, and then the others turned up, and they're like, "What the what the fuck?" <laughs> I've got a question. If you're the fourth goalkeeper, how yeah. easy are you taking this? So yeah. easy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Should you yeah. even do all the stuff to get ready? Putting your kit on? I don't know. Are you going out to warm up? I noticed James <laughs> Madison was out on the pitch, even though he was injured. Yeah. Yeah. Like a kind of almost like a Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> thing. Like, what was the next thing we noticed? What's it, our it, next this, the next thing trip? I want to talk about is a, another perfect quickly Kevin talking point, which is, do you not think Luke Shaw's looking just great and oh, trim great. and thin and so good. lithe and muscly? Like, and he's been, he's, he's still got his face thinned out. Yeah. But he's looking thin. Well, I think Ten Hag is a very notoriously a disciplinarian, but like runs double training sessions is all about fitness, miles coverage. And I think Shaw is just someone who needs that structure. He just needs someone who's constantly on him and then he steps up. What I don't understand is I'd have thought, even if you're not under Eric Ten Hag, you're going to be really fit as a footballer. Like how much difference to how you look is a bit more training. You're already a professional <laughs> yeah. sportsman who's running yeah. every day so and eating like a professional no. sportsman. Yeah. Like, how much difference is that last bit of training making to the fact that we can see he physically looked different? Do, do you know one thing I found out about Premier League footballers recently is that football at West Ham, first thing that happens when you come into training, you weigh, you weigh yourself every day. That's the first thing that happens. Which kind of, and oh, then you're right. You're right. And then also, like tracking, they have analytics. They track them running around in training. So, like every piece of data is gra- gathered on these players. Yeah. So, how did Luke? Sh- what's happened there that he's suddenly you know, looking so much better? You know, when you see a friend who's lost weight, they never go, "Yeah, I've started going to the gym twice rather than once a day." <laughs> <laughs> I've got this new manager at work, Eric Ten Hag. He's making me do double sessions. <laughs> do you think, like, when they go to the international, they can tell the difference? Like, do you think when Luke Shaw takes his top off in the England dressing room now, he's a bit more confident? Like, <laughs> well, um, anyone's like, fucking hell, Luke, you look great. Yeah. Well, it's kind of one of the things I thought we might talk about was this interview that Wayne Rooney's done in the Times, which I'd say check out it's it's crazy but one of the things he says is under capello 
in England around what would that have been 2010 he yeah. was he had a dietitian going around to like Matthew Upson three weeks before the World Cup going you need to lose four pounds and yeah. Rooney was saying how crazy that was wasn't it four kilo? No, it can't be four kilo. No, that's okay. but that's not the role of an international manager, is it? To go around to manage the weight. The weight of your players is kind of a given by the time you call them up. If you're not happy with yeah. them, yeah. don't call yeah. them up. It's they're not for not, you to say. Boxers. They're sort of like making weight yeah. right before each game. Yeah. So, oh, I've got to dehydrate myself for forty hours. It's yeah, the work has been done in the weeks yeah. and months prior well, to I that. Surely, to remember that Paul Gascoigne before the 1998 World Cup was he was in a race with his weight before Glenn Hoddle dropped him and he was doing the the old um, I seem to remember he was doing the bin bag uh, training sort of in the bin out, bag yeah, sweat uh, yeah. like a boxer yeah yeah but that's surely not recommended it's not just it's not just about losing water <laughs> <laughs> He's not trying to make weight for a fight. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah, yeah. I'm um, uh, sorry on that. The Wayne Rooney interview, which you think is probably one of the best things you've ever read. Ev- there's a revelation every other sentence. It's just okay, it's absolutely. People that haven't read this because it's behind a paywall. But I think you can get I've... for one article free a month, which is how I read it. So you can just oh, click okay. on the link. So if there's another Good Times article this month, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely... out. You're out of luck. <laughs> they should. They should have made it a two part. Give us your top three revelations from the Wayne Rooney Times article. So this was like a ghost-written yeah, you know, It's written in the in first which... person. It's written in Rooney's language. And it kind of reviews every major tournament he went through. and Just, just and the it, World Cups. It, yeah. And I think, you know, does he not talk about Euros, is it? Maybe it's just World no, Cups. it's just World Cups. But he, um, one of the things he talked about was uh, Daniel Sturridge. At, so what would that have been, 2010? 2014. 2014. And he said that him and Steven Gerrard spent em- so much emotional energy telling Daniel Sturridge he was really good and that he wasn't injured. And that Rooney was found that especially annoying because he was giving up his position to play on the left of a kind of forward three. So he's given up his position and trying to tell Sturridge he's good at the same time. And he said That's it. so mad. And also he was it? telling Sturridge that the, the pair of them were going, you're not injured. Like Sturridge was going, I'm injured, I'm injured. And they were going, no, you're not. You're not injured. <laughs> and, uh, what? Imagine that happening now. That, that, that that's not that long ago. Also, it's Daniel Sturridge. I don't think they were right. <laughs> <laughs> they must have good enough for yeah. them to have to do that, right? Yeah. They're not like the thing is. You you've got to have Sturridge at his best if we're going to do well at this tournament. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the other thing that really talks about, which I'm not sure is well known. I don't think I knew this, was that in 2006, he was coming back from his metatarsal injury. He turned up on the training ground, first training session, went for a little jog and popped his groin, like injured his groin. He said it was completely black and blue and that he was hiding it through the whole tournament and not letting anyone see how injured he was and he kind of played through the pain. That's mad, isn't it? Was that 2006? I think I'm pretty sure that was 2006. Yeah, I've got a big issue with that because I don't think he delivered it in that tournament. But, yeah, and there's we, an argument that why. that's really selfish and what he should have done is just taking himself out of contention because everyone, myself included, assumed, oh, he's still getting back from the metatarsal. Give him time, give him time. But actually, yeah. he's carrying a far worse or equally worse, yeah. equally as bad injury around. And would England have done better if he'd just not been available and we'd have picked someone else in that position? Defoe. But it's the same with the original Ronaldo thing in that final. You go, does that play out differently if someone makes the right decision and says, yeah. look, we need someone who's at their best here. Like that's better than a sort of half fit or one third fit Rooney. Yeah. That, that's really annoyed me, that revelation. Yeah. I, I think we need on Quickly Kevin to make a ruling that it being Quickly Kevin, we should just refer 
to what is now referred to as the original Ronaldo as Ronaldo. <laughs> I agree. Because I, I, I felt grubby saying it. Yeah, it I, feels I, I wrong. Didn't, doesn't I didn't it? like saying it. No, yeah. it feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. So from now on, he's Ronaldo, and the other one is the modern Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Lark, last revelation from this really even do I've got to talk about is the fact that I can't remember what World Cup this was but Rudy said he was going for a drugs test and they couldn't extract any blood out of him the drugs test people they said he was covered in they tried like four or five times he was covered in bruises and it was because they'd left the cap on the needle this is what he says I don't really understand what that means but they basically no. Rudy says they kind of butchered him trying to get blood out and they made an official complaint what, what? I mean that is mad isn't it yeah that's unbelievable. It's crazy. Isn't it? A great interview. Should we, should we bring it back and back up to England yeah, Iran? I'm in such a good mood that I'm just like, I'm just enjoying chatting about England <laughs> in the past. Just remember 2016, before Gareth Southgate got uh, his job, when we drew one all with Russia in the first game. And Wayne Rooney was deployed in central midfield in an attempt to get him in the team. Uh, that was the low watermark yeah. of modern England football for How me. How far we've come. It was so bad. What a terrible, terrible yeah. decision by everyone involved. So yeah. I, I spoke to someone who was uh, around the England camp in uh, Euro 2016, and they said to me that um, they spent a lot of time watching them training and said that Rooney and Wilshire, Jack Wilshire, were light years better than everyone else. There was such a massive goal in quality, which is kind of surprising. Rooney, you know, but Wilshire, like yeah. Hodgson kind of brought, um, if I'm right, Hodgson brought Wilshire to that tournament when he hadn't even played that many games. He'd just come back from like, an but injury. This is the different era, the kind of era where you're having to gamble on Jack Wilshere. <laughs> Can you imagine goal. how far away he'd be from this squad? Yeah. Also, also that is six years ago. It feels a million years ago. Yeah, it does feel a million years ago. But what I was thinking is like, I, I said this during the game, like when someone writes the book of England winning this World Cup, in the same way as Nigel Pearson is responsible for Leicester winning the league, <laughs> we'll talk people talk about Hodgson and Lewington going to the Seine in Paris because they've never seen it before. Yeah. Instead of preparing for the Iceland game, is that chapter one? Well, is it like, you know how, like, an addict has to bottom out? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, that was England's version of we had robbing to- their grand's house to pay for heroin. <laughs> Roy Hodgson and Ray Lewis are going up the yeah. same is, is when we went this has got to change yeah. so they're, Just, they're both there sketches fucking got any midfielders you got any midfielders yeah. Joe Wilshire <laughs> we'll take Joe Wilshire how much, how much how much for a gram of Jack and then you know when like obviously you, you don't just get clean straight away so you, you try and fail that's Sam Allardyce. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sam Allardyce was quitting rehab. Yeah. Was, ju- was, was jumping over the eight foot walls yeah. on the second night. <laughs> um, will we be this happy halfway through the World Cup? We're so cocky because we've beaten Iran 6-2. <laughs> well, let's talk about England Iran again. Just a couple of Do more things. To, 14 just... minutes injury time in the first oh, half, yeah. 10 in the second. That's got to... 24 minutes total injury time. Has there ever been a game, do email in, where both injury times have been in double figures? Yeah. Do you know? We basically played an hour in that first half. Do you know what? How exciting that would be if that had been a, a league game on a Saturday. You know when you're waiting for the score? That score wouldn't have come <laughs> yeah. in until gone five o'clock. <laughs> that score would have come in at like quarter past five. <laughs> One thing we were talking about is... Well, we, I mean, we got caught up in this today. We really have been. We actually spent probably the last 10 minutes of the game discussing what we're going to do for the final. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> have yeah. we lost our minds? Uh, we actually spent the last 10 minutes of the game discussing how we can't watch it outside and how we'd rearrange this sitting room <laughs> for maximum capacity. <laughs> the hubris is just... <laughs> so... I, are you committing to be in this room for the final? If no. We get there? No. As I said, this room is more inappropriate for hosting a World Cup final than Qatar is to host the <laughs> tournament. Well, it's, got, it's got too much, too many ornaments in here. It's too bit. I'll be worried about breaking something. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do about a screen. It's too narrow. Well, we've got the screen in the shed. <laughs> From fans of the know. previous will know that we watched them in the garden with a big screen in my shed. So I'm going maybe. So the kitchen is slightly below the sitting room with steps down from the sitting room. I just room. don't think. I'm saying we put the screen high up on the steps and then the kitchen is like a kind of... Yeah, that's better. The, the only way you're hosting the World Cup final is if there's rampant corruption when it comes time for a vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, you will not want to know what rules I'm putting in place. <laughs> um, what are you planning on doing then? If England gets the World Cup final on December the 18th, we need to discuss this. This <laughs> needs to be discussed now. What is your ideal scenario? I, th- I think I'd hire a cinema. Oh, that's a good idea. Everyone chips in a little bit. It would be worth it. I think you... There wouldn't be enough of us. We'd just be in a half-empty well, cinema. Just, we could do a quickly Kevin cinema hire for the final. Oh, and, that would be good, and just, wouldn't it? With all just good, just good people. Just that you good won't people. get covered in beer. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, you would, possibly. <laughs> no, but we'd make it a proper Qatari experience so there'd be no beer. There'd be no beer. There'd be absolutely <laughs> no beer. Enjoy the game. Well, there we go. We can dream. One thing, one other final talking point we we discussed is uh, what's Gareth Southgate's post-England career looking like? It's a fascinating yeah, one to discuss. A, it's an interesting one to discuss. Are you still thinking underwhelming job at mid-table Premier League team? I, I think he's nailed on for the Chelsea job. 
do you? And I think he has. He starts well. Like all Chelsea managers, he'll start well. He may even have some success, but he's lasting nine months to a year. Would and you, then after that, I think he'll be a technical director. Would somewhere. you wish him well at Chelsea? I think I wish him well generally. Yeah, I think I would. Even though I it's like at Chelsea. Him. Even though, yeah, even though it's at Chelsea, I think. Michael, I think any step into club management after this for him would be would be a mistake. I yeah. think he's not experienced enough. I think he's a really great, great international manager because it suits his personality and his skill set. And I think I'd rather see him not go into club management and just sort of the slow fade of his career happen. I think yeah. I'd like to see him bask in this and then exist in a public-facing role, like Chris said, sort of technical director or something, either at a club I like or you know at the FA or somewhere like that where he's able to help shape the game in that sense. I think if he goes back to club management, I think that would be a huge, huge How mistake. good would he be as a FIFA president? Oh, Imagine. Oh, my God. Uncorruptible. 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 The untouchables. Or maybe Southgate. absolute power corrupts absolutely. And yeah. then what we're looking no, at is... I don't think it would. Suddenly you realise it's the impossible job. Yeah. No, I don't think he can... He's untouchable. He's Elliot Ness. <laughs> 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 this huge positivity does lead me to ask the question... How do, no, let's not do how do you think we'll do again. Yeah. But let's do, would you take now defeat in the final? <sighs> no, I, no, no, I wouldn't. We've been, I wouldn't accept heartbreak. It's, it's a, we play well, but we lose 2-1 to Argentina. No, no. We, we have to win. What are you saying, Michael? I'm taking it. What? I'm taking it because I think that's better than the reality. Yeah, I'd take it wow. as well. Yeah, because wow. then you go, this is a glory period. Yeah. And we're like we're like that Dutch team that never won anything in the 70s. I actually quite like the teams that don't win anything. There is a romance to it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That being said, obviously, I'd love to win the World Cup. But I think losing in the final to anyone is better than... I mean, I know we've just beat around 6-2, but... I think that's better than what we can realistically okay. hope for. Losing the semis on penalties to Germany. Uh, I'm, I'm rolling the dice. Yeah, I'm rolling the I'm dice rolling every the time. Dice. Yeah. Okay, you're I've, rolling I've the tasted dice. the final. I, I want that again. What, what would you do? Losing the I'd final? I'd definitely take the final. What? Yeah. To, to Argentina. Yeah, because if you could offer me now England getting to the World Cup final, the next month as an England fan, with the caveat of all the bad things about this tournament, the next month as an England fan would be the best World Cup I'd ever seen. Yeah. I'm offering you the best World Cup you've no. ever seen as an England fan. You're turning it down. No, no. Because I've had enough of the heartbreak. Stop offering me heartbreak. I want something more. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just offer me guaranteed heartbreak? <laughs> but that's Guaranteed you... heartbreak or maybe no heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going, give me the heartbreak? Do you consider it a heartbreak if you go out really early? Yeah, yeah. So it's so, so underwhelming when you go out early. But that 2014 World Cup was abysmal. Yeah. Horrendous. So here we go. There it's we go. Covered. We've covered all our talking points. Well, I've, I've had a lovely time and I'm really into this World Cup now. I was into it when we Qatar played Ecuador. I actually ended up feeling sorry for Qatar. Right, and let's now, be careful. <laughs> yeah. But now <laughs> it's, you know, it, the, I think the aesthetics of these games is what makes me feel that this is a World Cup. The fact Gary Lineker's in the stadium. The fact is, you know, you feel you put on Five Live and the whole nation is talking about it. I feel like it's begun. You are the perfect example of sports washing in action. 
<laughs> I do think there is something to that because I thought yesterday, I was like, I hate FIFA so much, but they've got me by the Jaffers. They've like, got me by the Jaffers. Like, they, they put on this tournament and of course I'm so into it and I want to consume every minute yeah. of it and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Yes, it's gross, but it's a World Cup. I don't, oh, I hate them for it. They've got yeah. me. They've got the perfect product. It's the yeah. perfect and product. And that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. yeah. However much they fuck it up, yeah. I still come back. I know. Imagine what other world is that? Do you? There is no other consumer as stupid as the international <laughs> football fan. <laughs> like even the domestic football fans fought back over the European Super League. The international football fans not even bothered to do yeah, that. But how can this. you? I was actually thinking, what? How could you get out of this? Every, and I think if, maybe if, come, the, the, if, if all the football associations if all come major together, teams, if all the European teams had gone, we're not going to play in Qatar, then they'd have had to do something. Yes. I don't think that was ever an option, but I'm just saying no, that I, is I, how you get I think, out. I think, they need more, I think they need more. I think four they'd make work. Spon- I think, spon- they need the sponsors to come away. I think money talks, yeah. The sp- I, pull I, the sponsors out and then get the TV rights. I don't know. It's How do you extricate yourself from it? And it's, it's ultimately so good. We'll be back uh, later in the week with our pre-England v. the USA episode. Those ones will be available to our fan club members and uh, we have more to come from our uh, special guests. We will be discussing which piece of memorabilia uh, from the World Cup you'd like instead of Diego Maradona's shirt, amongst other things. If you want to hear those episodes, it's anotherslice.com forward slash quickly Kevin. Sign up there. It's been a great start for England. Let's hope... We're in this mood for more than a few days. We'll see you next time. Chris? Until next time, Stuart Slater. See you later. Go let! Hit let! Hit let over the top! This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8am. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.